To manifest is to invest. So why not invest in yourself and manifest the store you always wanted? Hey, it's Lauren at Up and Out Thrift, and I'm currently manifesting making more money on Depop. Listen to the pod every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays to learn more about the ins and outs of thrifting for profit, selling secondhand clothing across platforms like eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, and of course, Depop. Enjoy the pod. Hello, everybody. I thought I would get on the podcast and just talk a little bit about myself and kind of how I got into the reselling game and how long I've been reselling and just a little general things about me and my shop at Up and Out Thrift and where the name came from. So let's start from the very beginning. I started reselling stuff around my room and around my house, most notably my mom's personal items, um, her coach purses. She liked to hoard a lot of things and she loved to hoard coach purses. And I was 15, I didn't have a job, I really needed money. So I was like, okay, like what can I do to get currency to acquire the bag per se so I went on Poshmark and I looked on Poshmark and I was trying to see what was trending and at the time in 2015 what was really trending was mall brands and I guess mall brands are still like a huge part of Poshmark I haven't really been on Poshmark in a while but I guess I would say I was catering more towards like 30 plus year old kind of crowd. I did sell quite a bit of like of my stuff that was just like Forever 21. There was a good mix um, but it was mostly like older women in their 30s which I I didn't mind. I don't care. Uh, I actually like working with them a lot better than uh, people my age. At the time I didn't really like dealing with people my age but um, yeah I started selling on Poshmark. I made uh, I can't even tell you how much I made. Maybe six to eight hundred dollars, but with that six to eight hundred dollars, I did not reinvest it back in the business. I I did not see it as a business at all. I was not going out and purchasing anything to sell. I was just strictly selling whatever I had in my house or in my room. So, with that money, I bought my first iPhone like by myself. That's exactly what I did with the money. I had a goal in mind. I think it's important to have a goal in mind no matter what you do, no matter the reason, whatever. Like you have to have a goal. That was my goal. I got the iPhone. I had that iPhone for a long time, almost three or four years. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how I started selling online in general. That was my first sort of online presence. Moving on, I stopped selling on Poshmark like really intensely around 16 or 17. I just kind of gave up. I I wasn't really that serious like into it. I was at the very beginning. It was really fun for me. I loved writing thank you notes and shipping. Shipping for me still is the my favorite part I like packing it up and taking it to the post office that is still my favorite part I don't know why I don't know what it is about that but that's what I like to do 
but in my Poshmark days, I would write like a little thank you note, whatever, send it out. Anyways, time goes on. Now I'm in college. I'm like freshman or sophomore year in college. And I'm working this bartending job with my boyfriend. And he's still my boyfriend. <laughs> and um, so I'm a bartender at this wedding venue. And I'm making fat money. Like I am making good fucking money at this bar and it was a great gig it's a good college gig I got 18 an hour plus tips and for tax reasons yes I did declare all my tips but at the end of the day it was hard it was fucking hard labor and for every boomer out there that says oh young people don't want to work go fuck yourself, go work a bartending job and come back to me and tell me how easy that was. Because bitch, it's not. It was hard labor. It was like Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday. I would just blow away my whole weekend working this goddamn job. And it was so annoying. You know when you have a shift at like 2 p.m. And like, you can't do anything for the whole day except think about that shift at 2 p.m. Like, I should be able to go out and have fun, do whatever, and then go to work at 2 p.m. No, that's not how the service industry works. If I had a shift at 2 p.m., I was waking up early, I was anxious about going to work, and I basically didn't have time to really enjoy myself or do anything. Only one time did I have a shift that was at like two or three, something like that. And I ended up going to brunch before. And I went to brunch downtown at this place called Moon Tower or Moonshine. I think it was Moonshine, um, downtown Austin. And I used to work in Lakeway. So Lakeway is more like kind of out there, kind of on the fucking lake, if you can imagine. Like who would have thought of that name? Anyway, so Downtown Austin and Lakeway, they, um, it's a good drive. It's a good hour, hour and 10, hour and 20 minute drive. So I'm like downtown Austin having brunch. It's 11 a.m. And I work at like two or three. And the whole time I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't really like fully enjoy myself because I'm thinking about this goddamn shift. And the line was so long. It was so crowded and packed. I was like, shit, like, I think I'm gonna be late for work. At 11 a.m., I was worried I was gonna be late for my 3 p.m. shift at 11 a.m. But you know what? I ended up making it on time. Maybe I was, maybe I was like five or 10 minutes late. My boss really didn't care. In all honesty, it didn't really matter what time you really showed up for your shift. Like if you were five or 10 minutes late, zero penalties to you. Obviously I had obligations as a bartender to set up the bar, make sure everything was running smoothly, try and like batch drinks if there was gonna be like a signature cocktail that I was able to batch. Like let's say the signature cocktail was spicy margaritas. Okay, well I can batch spicy margaritas because I don't wanna be standing there cutting jalapenos, getting jalapenos on my hands and everybody else's drink the whole time. So I would like batch that. Anyways, fat money, great job, horrible staffing. It was a serious staffing issue. My manager would not hire a single soul. And my, my boyfriend, it, well, 
you know, he's not anymore, but he was um, the lead bartender at the time. And he was like, you know, I have another job that I'm working and I'm in school full time. So I'm going to have to leave this job. And he gave him like two months notice to get a new bartender. Well, two months flies by and my manager just uh, never put out an ad. He never bothered to find another bartender. And of course, like, you know, my boyfriend, he left. He just ended up just leaving because, you know, two months notice. And so I kind of became lead bartender from that point on, which I did not want to be, (laughs) in all honesty, because I was in school full time and I lived pretty far away and I just did not want that life. So I ended up leaving. I kind of left on a horrible note because, you know, my boss like would not get another bartender. So I just kind of had to, I kind of had to leave. I just kind of had to leave. And I hate to say that, like, I did not walk out on a shift. I did not walk out on a job. I finished my shift. And then like a few days later, I was like, hey, like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not showing up. Plus, I live in Texas. This is an at-will state. I can leave for any reason I want to. And he, my my boss, like, got fucking pissed at me. He was, like, so goddamn mad. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe if you hired more people. Also, we had a full staff of servers. And, like, we would have two weddings going at the same time. So we would have, like, one huge wedding in, like, the main venue. And then we'd have, like, a smaller wedding in the next venue. And he would make the same six, six to ten people work both weddings. And, like, one would end at, like, 8 p.m., the smaller one, and the bigger one would go on till 10. So they were basically working two weddings at the same time and then finishing the last one. Oh, my God. It was awful. He would not cut anybody slack. He would not give people, like, proper pay. I mean, I got paid pretty good, but... If I was making $12 an hour as a server, like working for two people, two or or three people, honestly. So it was bad and I had to leave, but don't get me wrong. I loved bartending. I had a good time. Um, I was bartending at a wedding venue, so it was a little bit more intimate than you would be bartending at a club or something like that. I actually got to talk to people and like know people. I met people from all over the world, um, mostly all over the United States, but I did meet people who were Indian from India. I met people who were Muslim. I met people from Pakistan. I met people from Jerusalem, like I, uh, Israel, I guess. Like I met a ton of fucking people and I had a great time. My major was psychology in college, graduated psych major, anthropology minor, love people, yada, yada, yada. I had a good run. It was a good run. It was a good time. I do not regret leaving because all in all, this leads somewhere, all in all, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, let me go back to reselling and... I kind of started doing it 
on the side, like while I was bartending. And I was like, you know, I think I want to go full time. So I started really investing in it, like reselling, I guess, November of 2021 was when I decided to go full time. Um, I left my bartending job, like, I I think November 2021. But a couple months before that, I built up my shop a little bit. And I think... I think I just did Depop, honestly, and I was just super hyper-focused on Depop. Like, I would go on the app, I would like everybody's listing that was, like, featured that day, and comment, and like other people's listings, and it's just stuff like how you kind of move up on Poshmark. For example, my Poshmark account, I have maybe 13 or 14,000 followers, okay? Well, that means nothing to me because I'm not even on Poshmark anymore. But I think I'm following about 7,000 people, which I did by hand. I never used a bot for Poshmark. That was all me. I would just sit in class and like re reposh other people's stuff or whatever and like things and comment. Like, in high school, because honestly, like, high school, the majority of time that you're in high school, you're not doing anything. Like, you're not doing shit. And might as well get the bag. Might as well run your own little side business and get that fucking bag. Because, I don't know about you, but at 15, like, I, you know, you can't drive necessarily at 15. You could have a learner's permit and you could have a car at 16, but I mentally honestly i was not ready to have a car or any motor vehicle whatsoever um i started driving when i was 18 i would use my mom's car and go to school but at 16 no car no job i was also 15 so that wasn't gonna work like i needed to make it work from home from school something easy something cool and like i feel like i'm a creative person but i can't necessarily make anything (laughs) like i can't crochet i can't sew and like i could learn i'm not saying that i'm not capable of it but that's just not something i'm interested in i'm interested in not necessarily fast money but i'm interested in you know, like profit and results. And I wasn't going to get any results if I was doing some arts and crafts Etsy bullshit because I tried doing that and it failed. Another thing I tried to do, I tried to, uh, well, I got really into stickers and I was like, okay, well, maybe I should open up my own Etsy shop sticker store. And when COVID hit, I was unemployed and I was able to claim unemployment checks and so I basically used oh my gosh I basically used one or two thousand to invest in this sticker shop idea I had maybe it was eight hundred or a thousand yeah and I bought this really nice Cricut sticker cutter machine like 300 bucks and like sticker paper and I was drawing on this like cracked iPad I had Maybe it was like one of the first generation iPads. It was so, it was so jank. I, (laughs) it was bad. Um, And I think I made one sale. I think I made $6 on Etsy. Can't, can't even claim that. Like, I don't claim that. 
um, like I just, I lost like, you know, a lot of money, but I was able to sell the Cricut thing for, I think I got maybe half, half price back. I don't know. I got like 150, maybe 200 bucks. I can't really remember, but that bitch was expensive and heavy and loud. It was so annoying, but I am just not creative enough to produce stickers like that or just in that sense um I really like stickers though I love stickers I love stickers so much I don't really put them on anything anymore because I have like sticker anxiety but I do have stickers on my car I used to put the stickers on my laptop I had a clear case and I would put them on the case I would never put a sticker just straight on my laptop though that makes me really fucking anxious because I have commitment issues like that stickers like I cannot commit but on my car I can commit it's so weird but anyways I there was no way I, I could keep up with a sticker game that's a really oversaturated market and it wasn't gonna work out for me so I'm like okay clothes I love taking pictures I have been taking photos of myself of products of people of nature for such a long time and I really want to get back into photography. I have this like huge friend group that my boyfriend also introduced me to. And whenever we have parties or get togethers or whatever, I have taken photos, um, but not enough. I really want to get really nice photos. I want a nice camera. I want to invest in a camera. I maybe like create a Dropbox or something and just share photos of the group with everyone. I think that would be a great idea. And maybe at the end of the year, like do like a big slideshow, like on New Year's and be like, oh, like remember the barbecue we had or some, some dumb shit like that, you know? But I think that would be a good, good little, little thing. I don't know. I really like photography. And I think that's what drew me to Depop. We've come full circle. I wanted to express myself artistically on Depop through you know like modeling the clothes like none of the photos of me were like revealing or anything but I would take like more of an artistic approach to my listings and like not only you know have the item but make it look good at the same time which on Poshmark in 2015 like wasn't necessarily the goal. Like I look at those photos now and I laugh so goddamn hard because I I didn't really know like what I was doing. Like I was looking at what other people were doing, but I did not have my own artistic spin on it. It was it was not great. Um and it wasn't like the the best photo. And on Depop, I was like, you know, I'm going to be different. And I made it cleaner. And not to say that all of my photos on Depop are just A1, number one. Right now, I feel like I'm moving into a more steady pace of photos. Right now, I really like natural light. So that's a little bit about me and what I used to do. I also took up, well, while I was bartending, I also took up a part-time job at HEB as a cashier. Uh, if you're not in Texas, HEB is way better than any grocery store you will ever walk into. HEB is superior. 
I guess it's kind of like King Supers if you're in Denver. My boyfriend's from Denver. They had a ton of King Supers there. I don't know if they're anywhere else, but I guess more recognizably it would be like a really, I don't know, like cheap Randall's maybe. I, I can't really describe H-E-B. H-E-B is just the best. Like it is an experience. H-E-B guacamole too. Holy fuck. That's the best shit you can ever have. Yeah, I, I worked a part-time job while I was bartending because I just wasn't getting enough shifts or something bartending. I don't really know why I did it, but... Oh, maybe I did it because... Yeah, so I lost my bartending job. I didn't get fired or anything, but like weddings just were not happening because of COVID. And I was like, oh, well, fuck, I... I really need a job. So I got on unemployment for a while. And then when my unemployment check stopped, I was like, oh, well, I kind of need a job <laughs> because I'm not having any money. So as soon as I got my last unemployment check, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to HEB. And I had a couple friends that work there already. So it was fine. It was good. I actually liked being a cashier a lot. Um, it was really easy. <laughs> I hate to say it. It was really easy money. Everybody there was really chill. Probably the best, I don't, I don't know, customer service job I had, like job on my feet. I also worked at Panera Bread for a while when I was 15 or 16 years old. Panera Bread was kind of kind of okay, kind of not. I don't know. I loved the free bagels. Those were pretty good. But working there, um, low-key sucked. I walked out of that job. I don't know why. I should have put in my two weeks, but I walked out. And they actually kept calling me back. They were like, please, please come back. And I'm like, you know, are you guys hurting that bad? You need a 15-year-old to come back. But yeah, fuck Panera Bread. And then I worked at Mama Foo's as a hostess. That was my first job ever, was at Mama Foo's as a hostess. And I think I made eight or $9 an hour, no tips, and everybody sucked. I was so awkward, like as it was, and people sucked. The server sucked. They treated me like I was a fucking idiot and I mean, I would just like roll silverware and seat people down and we never really had a chart. Like I was a hostess and usually at your hostess stand, you have a chart of like all the tables and you're supposed to sit, you know, parties that are coming in and different waiters sections, waiters and waitresses sections. So, you know, everybody can make money. And I literally did not have a sheet of paper. Nobody really trained me. They, they, all they did was train me in like washing windows and rolling silverware and it sucked. And I had a bad manager again. I think the worst managers you can ever have or ever will have are in customer service, like food industry jobs. Like the food industry is just so fucking toxic. Also, when I worked at Panera Bread, I had this one manager and he like kind of grabbed my butt. Like, I, I'm i not gonna say for sure if he did it or if it was an accident, but it was definitely 
weird and I didn't know at the time like what just happened like it happened like really fast and only happened one time but it happened like I don't know kind of right before I quit or something I don't know it was a bad time fuck Panera Bread fuck that place one good thing about Panera Bread though is at the end of the night they do donate all of their pastries and baked goods to like food donation places you can call into Panera Bread and tell them hey you know can I come on Wednesday night and pick up whatever you guys have left and then they'll put you on a calendar and you could come pick up stuff pick up whatever you want but if you work there you get whatever's left at the end of the night that was fine I mean that was awesome like that was a good perk um I don't know why I walked out of that one probably because my brain was pretty underdeveloped and uh, I didn't really take anything seriously at 16 but what I did take seriously was shipping orders on Poshmark I was obsessed with Poshmark I only sold on Poshmark and my only goal was to get an iPhone that really fucking pushed me so hard to just get an iPhone like literally I did not care about anything else and I would go to school and I would get on my laptop and I would just like people's items all day long and follow people and do whatever you do on Poshmark. I I don't even want to log in anymore. I've tried selling on Poshmark again. That's just not the vibe. I don't like it anymore. And like you have to refresh items and I already refreshed my items on Depop. And just to do it on Poshmark would be a whole nother thing. I'm just, I'm just not about it. I don't want to do it. I'm sorry. So those were the only real jobs. I guess you could say real jobs. Part-time jobs. Kind of college jobs I've had. And I left my bartending job. I went full-time into Depop. Like, I have made a substantial amount of money... Um, my taxes for 2023 are going to be all kinds of messed up because I kind of, I'm, I'm not bragging at all, but I made enough money on Depop to where it's kind of a problem for me, where I should probably have an LLC, um, come, come 2023 this year, because I think I made around 15,000 profit in the first year. And I did not expect that. Like, I was not shooting for 15000 Like, I was literally shooting for let me leave my bartending job because I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and, like, I want to go back to my roots and back to what I know. And that's selling clothes online. And having fun with it. I used to, like I said, like, I used to model a lot of my stuff. I really like doing that. I like to... Well, I, I really like to put like the white background behind me and just like put things on and try it on. And actually stuff that I was trying on sell, sold um, a lot better because people would be like, oh, you know, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? Like, what are your sizes? And they would be able to see it on a real person and you get a lot more sales that way. The reason why I don't try things on anymore is because it takes a long time. Like, I mean, I'm photographing 50 to 100 items at a time. So I'm literally like there in my pants and like a bra. And I'm just constantly 
putting on shirts, taking off shirts, getting the right angle, getting getting the size, getting holding up the shirt to get the tag, and I um, I would use my Apple Watch or like a little like camera button clicker, like a Bluetooth one, to take the photo far away, or use the timer on my phone. It was just a whole. It t- it takes a long time. So if you see anybody on Depop that just straight does modeling of their products, like they are putting a fuck ton of time into doing that. Like you do not even know. It takes a long time. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. That's what I did for work for a while. And now I'm trying to make this podcast work because I am still in love with Depop. And yes, I still very much want to make this my full-time job. And I think the podcast is really going to get me where I need to be. And if I stay consistent with it and I keep doing this for like a year or two, like maybe I can leave my real girl job and just do this like super heavy full-time. I I don't think I ever want to give up reselling, honestly. It's just I like interacting with people. I like getting the reviews. And I just like selling clothes. <laughs> like, I don't know. I love thrifting and I love fashion and I love researching it. Would I ever do it for like a real job? Like would I ever be a fashion designer? No. <laughs> No, I would not, but I love Depop and everything they have to offer and the Depop drama and it's just so messy. Um, This is definitely going to be my hobby. Maybe one day I will make my hobby a full-time job, but for right now, I'm 22 years old. I don't know what I want. I don't fucking know what I want, but I know that I want to be at six figures in five years. That's what I know. How am I going to get there? I'm not sure. But I'm going to continue working on this podcast and continue working on my Depop shop and continue working on myself and just kind of more self-discovery throughout my 20s because you know what? This is only the beginning. I've been in school all my life and I just graduated like not even not even a month ago. <laughs> like so you know, I'm on a roll. I'm going to continue this. And yeah, if you have any crazy Depop stories as a buyer or a seller, I would love to hear your crazy fucking stories. DM me on Instagram at Lauren Lazelle. I'm going to put it in the description. And you could also find my Instagram reselling page at Up and Out Thrift. I do not post on there a lot um but i post on my main one all the time so just go ahead and check out my my main one and yeah all right everybody bye